if any of my listeners have been part of my podcast journey from the beginning or have managed to go back to the beginning of my podcast and still with me into this current episode, I am grateful and appreciative for your listening ears. I hope I can continue to be of service to you. Today, I am going to talk about how to use lavender as a phytomedicine, plant medicine that gets to be used for treatment and management for anxiety, panic, and insomnia. Hello friends and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen to this. Your brain and body comes equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic and integrative nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner with over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind and body preventive health coach. The common practice for many individuals is waiting until stress is built up before starting wellness measure. When the stress is built up, progress towards wellness can be delayed. Imagine waiting until a car gas tanks becomes empty before filling it up versus filling it up as a show the low gas gauge reminder. Our society is filled with stress. Naturally, everyone accumulates stressful experiences every day. It is like Oprah handing out those gift bags to her audiences saying, you get this, you get that, gift here, gift there, everyone gets one. And the audience screams and shouts joyfully. Well, the same can be said for stress. Only this time, it is not being handed out by Oprah, but directly to us, by us, like FUBU. F-U-B-U. If you were born in the 80s, you grew up with a clothing line called FUBU. If you had one of those and could afford one of those, you were trendy and hip. Our stress is also handed to us by our current lifestyles. Our stressful creation is a pandemic with many attributing variables. Stress is everywhere. Stress is a natural phenomenon that many of us cannot, ex cannot escape. Stress is stress, good or bad. Good stress becomes bad once prolonged. Just like sugar is sugar. However, excessive sugar intake becomes detrimental to our health and wellness. The same for stress. That goes for all aspects of life. While stress can be good in the short run, the excess can lead to health-related issues affecting all bodily systems. While there are many medical treatments for stress reduction because prolonged stress produces other disease processes such as anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue syndrome, autoimmune, etc., it may be beneficial to understand that there are many natural interventions that can be a starting point or entry point of treatment before management is escalated to prescribed medication that may be 
of metabolic burden for some individuals. During acute, prolonged, and chronic stress, the body increases its metabolic demand using many of the body basic building blocks of amino acids and nutrients to support or ameliorate the oxidative stress burden. Part of this increase in metabolic burden means many of the core amino acids and nutrients that reduce inflammation becomes depleted to help sustain health. The expression of different medical symptoms and diseases is the side effect of the body constantly under stress. Many studies have shown that using interventions and treatment that reduces the brain and body stress response actually improves the quality of our health and prevents the brain and body from experiencing further inflammation. There are many interventions and treatments for reducing stress, medical and non-medical, that has been used for ages to help reduce stress. Many of the prescription medications started their introduction into medicine from plants or phytomedicine. Plant medicine or phytomedicine were our first medicines, but the time it takes from the planting of the seed, and I can tell you, I am a seed starter and I love starting seeds, to harvesting, to creating medicine, especially a large volume or quantity, is not cost effective for the growing modern and commercialized world. It leads to what will be a delay in production. The growing demand for any phytomedicine and distribution for the total population in a timely manner that supports our growing sickly population is not practical or feasible. In this day and age, for phytomedicine to support society as a sole source of medicine, it will require vast amount of land being allocated for its usage within the United States. The reason we now have many of our food production being served to us from other countries. Chemical engineering of medication, which can be produced in a few weeks, is more beneficial for the industrialized and modern world. However, many individuals still benefit from using phytomedicine and phytoherbal medicines with wonderful benefits and positive outcomes. I am always an advocate for what will be natural plants and herbs and natural fruits over medication. However, as we mature in society, as we occupy the US or earth, there's gonna be aspect of some of what will be phytomedicines that would not be natural in terms of plant it may just come in a supplementation form. One of those phytomedicine or phytoherbal is lavender. Several studies have concluded that lavender holds properties that works as an enzyolytic means it dissolves anxiety or eliminates anxiety. It's also, lavender has also been known as a mood stabilizer, a sedative, an analgesic means takes care of pain, anticonvulsant means it helps support potential onset of seizure or 
reduction of seizure and neuroprotective means it has brain protective properties. Currently, lavender is used as an off-label phytomedicine in medical care and psychiatry for the treatment of anxiety, panic, and sleep disorders. Off-label means that the medication is safe to use but not regulated by the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, and it's not listed as a medication for the indicated medical or mental health diagnosis it's been used for. In this case, we will use lavender to treat for anxiety, panic, and insomnia off-labeled. It can be used for those diagnoses, but it's not indicated for those, for those treatment purposes. The main biochemical compound of lavender are linalool, linalee acetate, treponine 4-OL, and chem 4. Lavender comes in formulation of a capsule that is in a powder or oil form tincture, which is also drops, and tea. Linalool in lavender behaves as a competitive blocker of glutamate. Glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter and a non-competitive blocker of N-methyl-D aspirate, short name is NMDA receptor, in the brain. It is also documented that linalool reduces potassium-stimulated glutamate release. Linalool, which is one of the compounds found in lavender, is also indicated for its sedative and calming properties because it blocks glutamate. Glutamate works the opposite of GABA. GABA is a common neurotransmitter that gets activated by lavender. If glutamate is suppressed, this allows for GABA gates to become opened. Linalool increases GABA A receptor, producing its effect of sedation and anxiety-related behaviors. This study was done in mice, however, this effect has also been noted in the countless of humans treated for generalized anxiety disorder with lavender. Linaleo acetate is responsible for the fragrance in lavender as well as the sedative properties in lavender. Terpenin 4-OL has a strong antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory property. Treponin 4-OL, which is that other molecule within lavender, can penetrate the top layer of the skin of the scalp, reducing irritation, promoting a healthier scalp. Same compound is also found in tea tree oil. Chem4, the final compound in lavender plant, is a central nervous system stimulant. Stimulant means something that's going to allow your central nervous system to be more activated, alert, focused. It is noted that the concentration of Chem4 that is found in lavender is of minimal quality, very small quantity. However, camphor as a molecule compound has an effect that can range from mild central nervous system 
excitation which means you become more alert stimulated to producing generalized seizure which means the stimulation is way above what your brain can tolerate decreasing your seizure threshold and activating seizure again what is the total chemical in lavender is very minuscule very small chemical is highly lipid soluble easily crosses the blood-brain barrier the chemical concentration is different in many species of lavender as such lavender with higher chemical properties will have a calming and alert properties to it versus if the lavender is with a lower chemical property where it produces calming and sedative effect all lavender will produce or support what will be anxiety reduction and support sleep lavender essential oils have been known to relax vascular muscles lavender compound linoleal acetate is noted to produce sustain and progressive relaxation during the contraction caused by phenylephedrine which is an excitatory molecular compound that is capable of producing a state of high arousal alertness high energy increasing blood pressure increasing heart rate think speed lavender oil are largely widely used to enhance sleep as it has sedative properties that are found as part of that linalu properties it has been demonstrated that lavender aromatics can improve sleep in the elderly and infants also exposure to lavender odors during sleep produces or, re or actually results in what would be increased duration of deep slow wave sleep lavender essential oil was investigated to have an affinity for nmda receptor and serotonin search receptor it was noted that it binds to the nmda receptor as well as it was demonstrated to have a significant binding to the serotonin receptor as well some studies in clinical randomized placebo controlled double blind crossover studies on healthy males using PET scan technology suggested that the anxiolytic effect, the anxiety reduction or reducing effect of lavender essential oil, and the study used silaxin. Silaxin is a lavender capsule that is labeled as silaxin in the US and it's labeled as Linnaeus in German. It's a German-based lavender over-the-counter supplement that's been used. We've used it many times in mental health. So the study used silaxin and they discovered that the anxiolytic effect of the lavender essential oil that was given as silaxin could be attributed to the serotonergic system changes, particularly 5-HT1A receptor level, which is one of the many serotonin receptors. Yes, serotonin has about five receptors currently discovered. 
Science is a growing field, so we may discover there are many more receptor sites that serotonin um, occupies, but for now there's five known receptors um, for serotonin molecule that's known. Lavender also has been noted to stop the activation of calcium channel that creates excitatory and contractility effect in the body. Like benzodiazepine, lavender is noted to have a gabinergic effect, which means it's going to activate calmness within the brain. Like ketamine, if you've heard of ketamine, lavender has an NMDA activation. Like buspirone or buspa or voltioxetine, which are serotonin A1 producing effect, lavender also has similar properties. There are many species of lavender as such. The quality of the sedatives in lavender, which are the linalool and the linaleoacetate and kemphor, are different. As I mentioned, camphor is naturally a central nervous system stimulant, which means it may be activating as such lavender strain with high camphor, such as lavendula ex intermedia, will support calming your central nervous system, but may also have a little alertness to it. It's been noted that lavendula ex intermedia Essential oil contains about 38, up to 38% of linalil acetate and 35% of linalool and up to 8% of kempor. While the traditional lavender agustifolia or lavendula agustifolia species contain about 45% of linalil acetate and up to 38% of linalool and about 0.5 to 1% of chemical, which means this may be more of the highly sedative and anxiolytic, not so much with a tiny bit of alertness to it. However, all lavender in general produces a sedative effect to it. Silaxane form of lavender is currently on the market and it's over the counter. The onset of lavender if taken orally, has not been truly noted. From clinical experience, patients that I've actually treated with lavender, the onset tends to be actually within five minutes, especially if they know how to open the capsule and pour the content under their tongue and still swallow the capsule because it's still encoded with all of the oils in it. If you hold it under your tongue for about two minutes, the effect starts within five minutes. However, studies have explained that when lavender is actually applied tropically on your skin, the onset also is at five minutes after application. Traces of the sedative and the anxiolytic properties of lavender can be detected in the blood. After 20 minutes, a maximum concentration of those sedative property of lavender would have been rich, would have been observed in your bloodstream. They also state that within 90 minutes, most of the lavender, lavender oil will be eliminated. 
It was considered that lavender oil is rapidly absorbed through the skin and excreted within 90 minutes. However, with a caution, expect some variability in the metabolism and elimination as lavender oil is lipophilic, lipid loving, which means it may hold on to adipose tissue or fat tissue for a little longer before it is excreted or eliminated. Lavender does have mild gastrointestinal side effects such as nausea and diarrhea. And this may be due to the fact that it actually taps into the serotonergic transporter system, which naturally activation of serotonin produces GI symptoms such as nausea, stomach ache, diarrhea. If you are interested in studying lavender, the starting dose of the over-the-counter lavender capsules that is like Selaxins or some of the other brands usually have an 80 milligram starting dose to be taken by your mouth an hour before bedtime. However, 80 milligram may be a bigger dose for somebody whose brain is actually very naive to any sedative or psychogenic plants per se. So it may be best to start with a lavender tea. Start with half a teaspoon, tablespoon of lavender tea and this would be a much milder concentration and you can advance from there to increase it to one tablespoon or two tablespoons and based on your tolerance and tolerability you can then advance to the 80 milligram capsules. With any new supplementation, please try the dose on a Friday night before bed or a day you do not have to work the next day, so like a non-working weekend. In case the sedation level is too great, it would not impact your productivity the next day. You can just spend the day catching up on rest and sleep. Thank you for listening. If you are experiencing high levels of stress, which can be or which can lead to brain inflammation, you should seek early preventive coaching and treatment as this will prevent brain remodeling and inflammation due to chronic stress. If you know of an individual with high stress and mental wellness difficulties, share this podcast with them. This may motivate them to seek early help to prevent brain inflammation associated with lack of treatment feel free to visit me at limbic.live join me in the limbic community on facebook also i value and appreciate your feedbacks and comments i would like to hear how i can improve this podcast to benefit you my listener so share with me any insight or feedback you may have and as for comments and feedback please use the Apple Podcast comment section to leave your comments for me. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Many times, young kids and adolescents will present with explosive emotional disorder. It means that may be the child that you may be referencing to. He is going crazy. He seems crazy. I do not know what's happening. 
and part of their explosive emotional disorder may be severe anxiety and mood swings and sometimes even the ones without those explosive emotional disorders represent feelings of hearing or seeing things that do not exist. As a parent, that can be scary. As a clinician, that can be questioning as well as concerning. There are many different inflammatory changes within the brain that can cause these types of presentation. And today, we are going to talk about how pyro, pyrouria, can be one of the many types of brain inflammation disorder that produces medical and psychiatry symptoms. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. Listen to this. Your brain and body comes equipped with their own healing machines. My name is Umu Benjamin and I am a holistic integrative and nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner. With over 21 years of medical nursing experience and a mind and body preventive health coach. Pyro or pyrouria disorder is a rare disorder that affects one or more genes responsible for producing HEM, H-E-M-E. HEM is an enzymatic defect in the creation process of your hemoglobin. HEM is the iron portion that forms the non-protein part of hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is our blood oxygen carrying molecule. Without hemoglobin, you are anemic, you are hypoxic, means you have low oxygen in your blood and in your brain. Many individuals with pyrol disorder are considered psychiatry clients. Don't be fooled. These individuals are with rare medical disorders experiencing profound nutritional wasting that's producing abnormalities in just the basic operational and functionalities of the brain and body at the cellular functioning level, predisposing them to having metabolic disorders, neurocognitive disorders, and psychiatry symptoms. What gets to happen is the medication gets to be started and sometimes the brain inflammation gets to have a mild response to improving but this is one that's beyond what the psychiatric medication can do if we do not go back to correct the nutritional spillage that's causing cellular changes within the body and I will talk about exactly what's happening think of this pyrrole disorder as what people may think of muscle wasting, right? When you have a muscle wasting, it means your body has gone through such uh, oxidative stress and metabolic breakdown that you are losing muscles and people who muscle waste actually may end up dying. But this time, instead of muscle wasting, imagine wasting your essential nutrients. And as you lose these nutrients, you are producing a cascade of metabolic and hormonal disruptions at the cellular level 
of your body's operating system. The underlying brain and body biochemical changes of pyro or pyrouria disorder is related to an abnormality in the hem creation due to lack of primarily zinc. In other words, what is the beginning process of what causes this disorder, which is very severe for people who do experience it, is absent of zinc or absence of zinc. Pyro or pyrouria disorder has been noted to have what is a genetic component to it. However, the risk factors that may have you activating pyro disorder or pyrouria disorder is going to be chances that you have changed what is your nutrition. So poor nutrition is going to cause you to activate it. Stress or oxidative stress is going to cause you to activate it. Mitochondria dysfunction is going to cause you to activate it. Pyro and pyruria belongs to a group of disorder called porphyrus. And I didn't pronounce it correctly, but P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-A-S. Porphyrus. And it's caused by mutated genes that reduces the enzymatic activity and interrupt what is the sequence steps that each of these steps have to go through and they're required to go through to complete and produce what will be pyros within the body. But if it's not completed, it produces a byproduct, which would be the pyrureas that comes in the urine. So any aspect of alteration that occurs in that require, there's about eight steps to produce what will be a healthy HEM, H-E-M-E, which is the molecule that forms hemoglobin, eight steps are needed to produce a healthy hem. And if any of those steps are altered, in this case for pyro or pyrouria, is zinc not being able to be utilized correctly within that steps, it produces that dysfunction in the sequence. The abnormality within that enzymatic steps produce a compound called perfurance. P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-N-S and their precursors. These perfurants needs zinc to be part of that eight enzymatic steps. So then your body produces that hair molecule that gets to now connect to globin or globulin and produce hemoglobin. However, the absence or decrease of proper amount of zinc leads to dysfunction within the propions, which now will be a byproduct and actually accumulate within the kidneys and the livers and other organs. Propions in general are not the ones that are going to deplete zinc. However, high levels of these byproducts that needed zinc, the propions that needed zinc, by not having zinc, now the body tries to excrete them out of the body. And as the body tries to excrete them out of the body, which is termed pyrouria, the urinating of those pyros or pyrouria process leads to zinc and other metals and other nutrients being depleted as your body urinates. And there's other molecular changes that do occur because 
any aspect of zinc going into the hem does not just produce what will be this one disorder. Pyro or pyruria belongs to a group of other disorders that affects hemoglobin production, including sickle cell. The perfions bind to non-metals or metals within your body. Zinc is considered a metal and non-metals would just be other nutrients. And the damage it gets to create is not just within the nutrients per se. So let's kind of have an idea as to what perfions would do as they actually excrete out of the body or actually try to replace or in other words improve what would be the absence of zinc. By the absence of zinc, perfumes are gonna bind to oxygen and carbon monoxide because they are naturally part of that transportation that has to happen for oxygen and carbon monoxide to be in your body. So perfumes are needed for proper oxygenation of your cells. They are also needed for proper excretion of carbon monoxide out of your blood cells because they are all part of that hem that becomes hemoglobin. Hemoglobin carries oxygen and carries blood. Perfumes are also gonna bind to other gases such as nitric oxide. Nitric oxide has significant importance in your body with causing what we call vasodilation. It causes relaxations of cells that allow other enhancement to happen. And if it's binding to nitric oxide and causing it to be excreted out of the body, it's causing other aspects of cells to not function the way they need to. The perfumes are also going to attach themselves to what will be other molecules leading to their, deple um, their depletion and impairment. And some of these molecules are going to be things like, I already talked about your oxygen, but if your oxygen is being bind to your perfumes, it means prematurely your body is unable to have a capacity to hold on to oxygenation properly. So you will have impairment in all of the gases or dysfunctionality in all of the gases within your body. So oxygen, nitric oxide, carbon monoxide. The hem in the blood in general, like I mentioned, is part of the hemoglobin and the protein molecule. But that propion is also responsible for what becomes that blood protein that supports your muscle protein. So any aspect of changes in the propion is gonna impact what becomes proper blood cells and proper oxygenation muscle cells or muscle proteins being able to transport correctly when it comes to oxygenation within your blood and your muscles. So imagine what gets to happen if your muscles are unable to actually get proper oxygenation. It means individuals with this disorder may not just have mental health problems, they will have medical problems including muscle cramping, lactic buildup, and any aspect of just poor muscle adaptation. Pyros also will bind and deplete or the pyromolecules or the propions will also bind and deplete antioxidants. Antioxidants such as glutathione. Glutathione is one of our radical supportive antioxidants that protects your cells from damages from radical oxygenation species or free radicals. And any aspect of depletion in glutathione predisposes your body to mitochondria dysfunction. 
Propions also bind to lipids and proteins. When they do bind to lipids and proteins, they are now going to predispose you to various health conditions, including oxidative stress and inflammation, where protein and lipid is required. Propions are going to severely deplete nutrients besides zinc. And some of the nutrients it's going to deplete as it tries to correct itself by the absence of zinc, it's going to be iron. Propions are involved in the metabolism and transportation of iron in the body, which is part of that HEM component. Excessive propions can lead to accumulation of irons in your organs. So we're talking accumulation of iron in your liver, your spleen, and this is going to impair what is the utilization of iron in your body. Iron naturally is responsible for oxygenation throughout your body and responsible for what will be your bloodstream having proper amount of oxygen to your tissue, storage of oxygen to your muscle cells, removal of hydrogen peroxide, supporting respiratory and energetic processes of your mitochondria and supporting what is the powerhouse of our cells in general. In the absence of iron, your body is going to be depleted of oxygenation. Another nutrient or metal that propions do get to, or propions gets to be depleted, is copper. Most people do not think about copper in general because it's just one that nobody talks about. But copper is also involved in transportation of oxygen within the blood. And copper is needed for several enzymatic activities or reactions to happen. Copper and iron do have a reciprocal relationship. Any aspect of copper depletion will kind of cause a decrease in iron level. In any aspect of iron depletion, sometimes the copper will also be depleted. Copper deficiency are going to produce iron or anemia-like deficiency or disorder. There are other nutrients that the propions of the pyromolecule do get to deplete in your body and that includes a potential for them to deplete magnesium as well as um, calcium in your body. Now naturally traditionally when we treat pyro disorder the focus have always been on optimizing what is your zinc and your vitamin B6. However, we now do know it doesn't just deplete vitamin B6 and your zinc, per se. It actually depletes more nutrients. But the importance of vitamin B6, when propions bind to vitamin B6, it's going to stop a lot of different chemical reactions. And one of them is going to be the synthesis of neurotransmitters and amino acids. When it does any aspect of stop the synthesis of amino acids and neurotransmitters. It means what are those healthy neurotransmitters within your brain and body gets to not be produced adequately. So we're talking your serotonin, your GABA, your dopamine, your neuroepinephrine, and those all have indications to cause more problems mentally, even though any aspect of what pyro disorder is, is a medical disorder producing brain inflammation producing mental disorders. Now, assessment of pyros is going to include evaluation of hydrohemopyrroline 2-1, the short 
abbreviation for that is HPL in the urine. This biomarker has long been associated with psychiatry disorders. It was first recorded in schizophrenic patient. Today, it's actually shown to be uh, present in individuals experiencing range of disorders. So we're talking anxiety, depression, ADHD, um, any aspect of mood disorders. This biomarker in general will be one that shows that the body does have what is a nutritional deficit and oxidative stress and mitochondrial dysfunction. And what we will now decide as pyro being a psychiatric disorder is actually a medical disorder. It is also noted that the HPL, which is the biomarker, being elevated in psychiatric disorders. And one of the studies tried to reverse what is the damage of this disorder in individuals, and they tried to treat it by administering prednisone, corticosteroids, or steroids in general. And they noted that by them introducing steroid into the individual's body, it causes an increase in the HPL biomarker excretion in urine because cortisol or steroids or corticosteroid or prednisone is one that activates stress-related changes. And it was noted that besides them having an increase in pyromolecules or HPL excretion in the urine, it was noted that it affected their stomach, their stomach protective barrier, their intestinal protective barrier. In other words, they were able to discover that cortisol signaling molecules or any aspect of increased cortisol in the body increases what was this in, in excretion of HPL, which also spills all of those nutrients out of the body, producing what was nutritional or nutrient wasting. With pyro and pyrouria disorder, excessive loss of zinc and vitamin B6 along with the other nutrients can lead to deficiency that would produce physical and mental health problems. The primary depletion of zinc is an essential trace element responsible for various biologic processes. As I mentioned, zinc deficiency is going to be associated with anemia in humans. Zinc is important for the amount and integrity of your red blood cells. Zinc binds to hemoglobin and it increases what is that oxygen affinity, oxygen loving carrying capacity. Zinc is required for many of the enzymes and protein synthesis in the body. Zinc is also involved in immune functions and wound healing and obviously your neurotransmitters. So any aspect of pyro dysfunction should be considered potentially zinc deficiency anemia. Zinc plays a very critical role in regulating your ferrochatalase enzyme, which is an enzyme that's responsible for inserting iron into the hem. Hem is part of that hemoglobin molecule. Inserting iron into your red blood cells. Zinc is required for your body to take vitamin B6, just the normal vitamin B6, and convert it into the active form of vitamin B6, which will be your pyridoxal 5-phosphate, PLP. The active form of vitamin B6 is involved in over 100 
enzymatic reactions in the body, including what will be you having to take the food you eat to produce amino acids and also take the protein you eat and turn those proteins into amino acids, which in turn produces neurotransmitters. On the other hand, vitamin B6 is also required and used zinc in general to function. So the absence of zinc in the body is going to cause vitamin B6 not to be optimum. The absence of zinc in the body is going to cause vitamin B6 to not be optimum. Opposite, you know, what I'm saying is without zinc, vitamin B6 is not going to be effective. Without vitamin B6, zinc is not going to be truly effective. So all of these nutrients need each other in a quality or quantity that allows them to perform their functions correctly. Vitamin B6 is also responsible for having what will be your body having proper amount of alkaline phosphatase. This is an enzyme within your liver or produced as a byproduct of liver metabolism. So we get to look at alkaline phosphatase for different factors, including growth factors, liver functions. It is also responsible for what will be bone metabolism and it will be dependent on zinc being part of that equation. Lack of zinc or low zinc is going to predispose your kidney to impairment. Then what will be their filtration function? Worsening your kidney functions. Any aspect of depletion in vitamin in zinc in general is going to lead to a decrease in iron production within your body generally. Vitamin B6 with zinc is essential for what will be your body producing serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. Therefore, any aspect of depletion in vitamin B6 can lead to increase in oxidative stress, inflammation, neuronal damage, which are neuron cells damage, and changes in brain functions. And what will be just supporting what will be your physical and mental health. Vitamin B6 is also important for cardiovascular health. It is essential for homocysteine or remethylation cofactor. So deficiency in vitamin B6 is going to predispose your body to have an increased level of homocysteine in your body. And homocysteine is not just linked to cardiovascular dysfunction, it's also linked to Alzheimer's disease, such as Alzheimer's disease and other form of dementia. And homocysteine is a direct byproduct of red blood cells. So zinc is needed for homocysteine to be metabolized and broken down and excreted properly. Now, any aspect of elevation or in HPL or homocysteine can be found in any individual with inflammation. However, viral disorders are going to be more higher in presentation that shows the body is in a state of oxidative stress and anytime the brain and body is in oxidative stress we will see symptoms of severe neuropsychiatry disorder now moving past the labels and initial diagnosis of psychiatry symptoms that reflects brain and body operating in a state of low blood low oxygen low bone marrow function Low nutrients such as zinc, vitamin B6, magnesium, manganese, low nutrition in general, is going to express as the body and mind in a hypofunctionality state. 
there's been some limitation when it comes to just producing more studies on pyro and pyruria as a disorder but it is one that we get to say due to the limitation of that management of it has been a little bit marginal the symptoms of pyruria is one that's not limited to psychiatry it's one that's very systemic Systemic in the nature that it affects every organ system, and I'm only going to list very few. So individuals will experience abdominal, abdominal pain. And with my brain, abdominal pain in the absence of zinc and an absence of elevation in what will be the byproduct of him, it means the liver and the kidneys may be involved or becoming dysfunctional due to the accumulation. But part of pyro disorder, pyruria, is abdominal pain. And abdominal pain can present in so many different disorders besides pyruria or pyro. Hormonal imbalances. Zinc is responsible for a lot of the enzymatic and hormonal changes within our body. And some of the hormonal imbalances we get to see with individuals with pyruria or pyro disorder is going to be important in male or erectile dysfunction, acne, Irregular periods, delay prebuty, glucose metabolism or difficulties with glucose metabolism. Those are just a few. And there's going to be more biochemistry that goes into how these different disease processes will now express themselves or symptoms will express themselves. Having a pyruria means you may experience gastrointestinal symptoms. So things like constipation and morning nausea. You are also, or may also, experience neuroeducational and cognitive deficiencies, so ADHD and hyperactivity and dyslexia, which is very um, easy to kind of correlate because zinc is directly responsible for a lot of the cognitive enhancement we experience as humans. An aspect of depletion in zinc produces Alzheimer's and dementia-like symptoms, so you will have symptoms of cognitive decline. Some of the individuals will have sensitivity to lights and sounds and odors, and some of them will have stress intolerance. And the stress intolerance can be correlated to decreasing proper hemoglobin production, bone marrow suppression, producing increased stress response, and any aspect of your body having hypooxygenation or decreasing cellular resp respiration is going to produce your body or predispose your body to high stress or stress intolerance. It's also reported that individual pyro disorder will have pale skin, cold hands and feet, and that's going to be due to low circulating proper hemoglobin formation and production and potentially inadequate circulation. They will also have experience with eosinophilia. That means elevation in eosinophil, the type of red blood cells that are responsible for allergies or preventing us from potential allergies. So these individuals will also have allergy migraines. And that's because zinc in general supports our immune and our immune defense. Any aspect of depletion in zinc is going to lead to depletion in what is your body's primary defense. Some of the neuropsychiatry symptoms, because zinc supports neurotransmitter production, and many other functions, psychosis, mood, depression, anxiety. Zinc deficiency naturally, it's actually a late sign of zinc deficiency, can be white spots on your fingernails. 
any experience of white spots on your fingernails is usually a late sign that your body is experiencing zinc depletion and that's a late sign and part of any nutrients in our body a depletion of one or two or three is going to lead to depletion of many so individual pyro disorders do have other nutrient wasting that do occur and some of the nutrients that gets wasted is zinc the pyro pyruria is associated naturally with zinc deficiency and the pyros themselves have a high affinity for zinc and part of you having to have to excrete urine out of your body will be your pyros binding to zinc and it depletes it it depletes vitamin b6 it's also going to deplete your omega-6 fatty acids the fatty acids in general are very important for regulation of inflammation and balance to what will be nutrient support in your body and depletion of those predispose your brain also to cognitive decline magnesium study shows that pyro binds to magnesium leading to their depletion and magnesium is needed for a healthy nervous system your brain system and your cardiovascular system manganese the pyro also will bind to manganese and depletes them manganese as vitamin b6 and zinc are responsible for what will be metabolism of your amino acids and what will also be synthesis of your cartilage, your bone. So we're talking involvement that will also affect the health of the bone marrow. Assessment to determine if the individual who may be having any aspect of this explosive emotional dysregulation, anxiety, depression, mood, or psychosis, would start with you having to do a proper full assessment so comprehensive physical and medical assessment, functional blood chemistry, assessing nutritional status to look for any deficiencies, as well as anemia disorders, as well as maybe considering assessment for zinc deficiency or genetic dysfunction within your zinc pathway, and also assessment for what will be your body's kidney and liver functions to kind of there's there's another study that actually said there's a potential that pyro disorder may be a potential warning sign of kidney dysfunction it was just one literature it did not have a very strong study or findings but any aspect of your body spilling nutrients and wasting protein just the aspect of protein being wasted through your kidneys actually causes kidney injury so kidney functions, ultrasound of the kidneys and the liver may be one to consider if you're trying to rule out for pyruria or pyro disorder. The test itself that gets to be done outside of those other biomarkers assessment would be urine pyros, or the old name used to be cryptopyro, or more labs may have it as hydroxyhemopyroline 2-1 or HPL levels. It can be a specialty lab that will require you to use other um, specialty um, laboratory services that may be able to actually send you the testing kit home to get tested and you send the urine back into their lab to have it evaluated. Treatment of pyro disorder typically involves improving nutritional intake and it can be just organic nutritional intake or supplementation. However, in a very acute phase and crisis, 
nutrition and intake cannot be supported because once you are in crisis with mental health your nutrition can be altered so supplementation may be needed while the nutritional gets to be optimized and part of you having to support yourself with nutrition optimization is you want to improve what is that oxygenation and decrease what is that brain inflammation that's being caused by pyro within the brain and the body another intervention that may be supportive of you treating pyro is going to be breathing exercise zinc is responsible for the ham that produces your hemoglobin any aspect of excessive zinc depletion means your bone marrow and your blood is not going to have enough of that iron carrying capacity to carry oxygenation within your body so breathing exercise is going to support your brain sleep is also going to help regulate some of the changes that happen in pyrouria or pyro disorders due to the hormonal changes that do get to happen and the fact that sleep decreases brain inflammation as well hydration status part of pyuria you can consider what would be like proteinuria or polyuria that's found in diabetes any aspect of your body dumping large quality or quantity of urine means you are wasting electrolytes and nutrients and proteins so proper hydration gets to support your body holding on to what's the proper hydration your body needs to function on and also just replace what your body's losing in terms of volume. Addressing any other nutritional deficiencies will support your brain in what will be the potential oxidative stress that is associated with pyro disorder. Now, when it comes to supplementation, the supplements that have been naturally used when it comes to pyrouria disorder or pyro disorder, zinc. And the doses for zinc will be 25 to 50 and most of the time you have to build the levels of zinc up for tolerance vitamin B6 omega EPA DHA magnesium manganese folate to support your neurotransmitters production vitamin C and vitamin D and these will be doses that you get to um, ex get to decide between you and your providers as well as what your body can tolerate because we are dealing with pediatrics, the dose will be variable based on your physician's recommendation. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are experiencing high levels of stress, which can lead to brain inflammation, you should seek early preventive coaching and treatment. As this can prevent brain remodeling and inflammatory changes due to chronic stress. This podcast is not intended for all treatment of medical problems, but it's used to empower and support your education. Please subscribe and share this podcast for friends and family in highly stressful situations. This may motivate them to seek early help for wellness around stress. Feel free to visit me at limbic.live or join my limbic community on facebook and i value and appreciate your feedback and comment i would like to hear how to improve the podcast to better to better benefit you my listeners so please send me any aspect of feedback or criticism and it's very much welcome thank you and have a wonderful day